What is up? Hello there. My name is Jessica Patching Bunch. You can call me JPB. And this is Brain Body Resilience. This is a podcast dedicated to growth, human development, and stressing a little bit less so you can go ahead and live a little bit more. Hello, friends. Today, I want to talk about something that I talked a little bit about at a presentation for a teacher training over the weekend. And it is the sense of ourself, our senses that sense ourself. You may have heard that there are like five or six senses. And there are actually something like 24 senses that we have. And these are a few that you may not have heard of as much uh, that have so much to do with our ability to build relationship with our mind and our body communication between the two, and how to recognize and then navigate the experiences that we are having here. So let's dive in. We're going to work from the outside in. The first one is exteroception. And this is the awareness of external stimuli. This is our, the classic senses that you might think of sight, sound, smell, taste, intangible objects, touch. And this is an externally directed focus where we allocate most of our attention, what's happening around me. And the most significant one of these senses in this exteroceptive, exteroceptive, exteroceptive piece is touch. There is a large part of the sensory map in our brain dedicated to our hands because we feel through the world and make sense of the world with our hands, including sensations not just of touch, but what does touch encompass? Contact, pressure, motion, vibration, tapping, grasping, pressing, all of the nuances, the very delicate sensations that tell us what something is, how something feels. And the number of sensation receptors in our hands is immense in order to identify and distinguish between all of those those little types of touch. And so this exteroception that we have, this what is happening around me, also involves heat and cold. These temperature sensors, thermosensors, um, because these are important guides of behavior to keep us in a homeostatic state, that controls our body temperature so that we survive, so that we don't overheat or, you know, get hypothermia. This also encompasses one of our other senses that is important for survival and uh, helping to drive our behavior, our outward action, our reactions to things. And that is pain, nociception. And that helps to measure and respond to any external event that might damage or harm the body and inspire a fight or flight defense reaction to prevent harm to our tissues. So that exteroception includes thermoception and nociception, all kinds of senses that you may never have heard of all of these things just to tell us what's going on around my body. What is what is happening around me in the world? Is it safe? How do I interact with it? Then we're going to take a step in proprioception. This is also called kinesthesia. It is the awareness of where our body is in space through sensory receptors in 
the muscles, the tendons, the joints, the skin. And when we take away our visual input, because that is so, so much of our um, information that comes in, that's a great way to test and strengthen that sense. So proprioception is not only where we are in space, where our limbs are, hands and legs and head um, primarily, but how. Proprioception helps us understand through that movement of our limbs, of our body, how we are, that we are graceful or fast or powerful or strong. It actually senses us as beings moving through the world. And then we have another layer in, we have interoception, interoception. This is the awareness of what is going on inside of our bodies. And this sensory system is sending information from the inside of our body, from the endocrine system, the gastrointestinal system, the cardiovascular system, the immune system, the respiratory system, all of these systems working together, sending these signals from nerve endings that are in the respiratory tract, the digestive tract, the lymph nodes, blood vessels, and all these other tissues and organs throughout the body called chemoreceptors, sending all of this information from the inside of our body And they're sent through various means, but the one super highway that sends that information is the vagus nerve, which we have talked about before. It is the 10th cranial nerve. It is the longest nerve in the body. It is one of the most important, arguably, I will argue that, because it is sending, it is is a large connection between the mind and body, keeping the central nervous system informed of activity in the peripheral nervous system and in the visceral organs. What is going on? Are we safe? What is needed for the autonomic functions? It helps keep you alive. It is in uh, a large part of what controls your heart and your lungs, your digestion, your brain. So all of their very vital organs, it plays a large part. And 80% of the information in that vagus nerve that is channeling through that vagus nerve is going from those visceral systems that I just mentioned in your body to your brain about what's going on, communicating back to uh, the brain about what is needed. And then the brain is like, hey, this is what's needed. Send those signals back to the heart and the lungs and the digestive system with regulating messages about speed up, slow down, you know, whatever is happening right now. We're safe. We're not safe. And so many of the uh, diagnosed disorders that we have today, speaking of mental uh, disorders, which I don't really like that because it's just disorder in our patterns in our nervous system. But these have been found to be low, uh, signs of low functioning interoception, things like anxiety and depression, eating disorders, where we are dependent on that internal biofeedback and the not just the communication of that because our body is always communicating to us but a sense of what is going on in the body to be received and to be processed, to be acknowledged. And that's where we run into problems sometimes. And this is where mindfulness practice can help us tune in to uh, any one of these senses, but that entero sense by getting into our feeling body and literally sensing things in our visceral being. Without this sense, we are unaware of what's going on and what needs attention and awareness. And that has to come before intervention can happen. 
We cannot begin to manage something that we are not aware of. Yes. Awareness is unuseful if there is an action. I saw a post about that or something, I think on, on Instagram somewhere I read it. And it was like, stop telling people to be aware because awareness doesn't do anything. It's like, well, yeah, of course. Action is what changes. Action is what's, what um, words have just left to my brain. Action is what helps build new neural pathways. It helps guide new behaviors. It helps give your brain reference points that this thing is safe. You didn't die. You can do it again. You can trust yourself. All these things. It takes action. We learn your, your brain patterns learn from action. And so, yes, of course, awareness doesn't really do anything if we're not going to take action. That's like information. Information is great. But if we don't act on that information and that knowledge, then it's not really helping us. And so this interoception, the processing of internal stimuli, uh, has been implicated in recent neuroscience studies as an integral part to emotional processing and the development of a self-concept. That's huge. And with that, researchers are finding evidence that supports the hypothesis that one's ability to attend to interoceptive sensation is linked to one's ability to experience a range of emotions and feel a level of efficacy in navigating those emotions. And that is critical for managing stress and anxiety. If we don't feel like we are able to manage ourselves, because remember, Anxiety is the over under or the blah, 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 blah. the overestimation of the threat at hand and the underestimation of your ability to handle it or to manage it. And so when we feel efficient in navigating our state of being, that is so much power. And so I would also like to mention the vestibular sense in all of this, just because it doesn't get a lot of love. Uh, is the sense of balance and movement and plays a part in uh, the other senses as we move through the world because it helps us to integrate that information. Um, So I just wanted to mention these senses. I feel like they don't get enough love. And understanding, again, understanding how we work, that there's a biological basis for the things that are going on, helps us to take then informed action to navigate a little bit differently with a little bit more information about how to do that in a way that is useful and usable for us right now. I do have some uh, exercises that I work with to help tune into each of these senses that um, I'm going to be putting up on IG. So you can follow me over there, look in my uh, freebies and I'll have that up or, you know, shoot me a DM. Let me know uh, if you just try and pay attention to these things and have questions or don't know where to start. We can have a conversation. So I'm going to leave it there. These are incredible tools to help you understand what is happening around you, inside of you, and with you, with your mind and your body, your psychology, your physiology, and how it all connects, where it's all kind of the, the culmination of it in these senses is incredible. So that's my nerd session for today. I was talking about this, like I said, at a teacher training this weekend. And I was like, you know what, this is so cool. I'm going to share this with my podcast folks. So I hope you enjoyed. If you found today's episode useful, please share it with a friend so they might also find some use in it. 
If you have questions, comments, you want to connect, I always really enjoy that. So all my information is at the bottom of the show notes every every week. You can find that. And I'm going to leave it there. Until next week, I hope you have the most wonderful week. And peace out.